the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're going along rejoicing in the Lord, and all of a sudden something happens and you find yourself miserable. And then you begin to wonder, am I even saved? Can you be miserable and a Christian? Let's find out. Hi there, this is Truth For Today with Pastor Emeritus Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. We welcome you to our time together today and invite you to join us here in Romans chapter 7. We're exploring this dynamic of being miserable, yet still being saved. How does that happen? And what is the answer? Where does our deliverance come from when we find ourselves in this misery? Well, these are questions we're answering here today on Truth For Today. Start your day with us. Join us. Here's Pastor Phil, today's program. This mind, it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. This could not be a believer. This has to be someone that couldn't do it. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And that is, they are in the realm of the sin principle. They're in this realm of thinking, and as long as you're in that realm, you cannot please God. But then he contrasted to the spirit people, and he says, What's, what do they do? That's us, the believers. We put our mind, according in verse 5, but those who are according to the spirit, they put their minds on the things of the spirit. Your mind on the things of the spirit. Uh, not the works of the flesh, uh, not the moods of the flesh, not the strong. You set your mind. The Christian life is lived with your mind and what you focus it on. That's why you need the Word of God. That's why you need mature saints in your life. Your mind determines what you do with your body. The heart in the New Testament is not this, it's this. To serve God with all your heart, Mind and soul, they're just overlapping. You don't serve God with a physical pump. You serve God with the center of your being, and it's most likely between your ears. You set your mind on the things of the Spirit. You know what disturbs me about uh, our culture? As I was just reading recently, most men never read a book beyond uh, eighth grade, eighth or ninth, I think. Uh, seldom after high school. The majority of men, they said, do not, it's women who buy the books. They make their money off the women. And a lot of times, who knows what they're reading? But at least they're reading. But men don't read. Uh, and I'll see guys, they're into, you know, hobbies, sports, this and that. And I always ask, well, who feeds your mind? Who, uh, have you changed how you think about anything? I mean, have you changed a view on anything in the last five years? Has any new information 
brought a change of maybe your ethics, your attitude, uh, marriage, whatever. Do you ever say, I love to go to school because I love ideas. And pastoring is always dealing with people issues, and they're usually hot issues. A lot of times, conflict issues. I love the realm of ideas. Great thoughts of God. You can work with people and hang out with people all week, and you'll never learn that God is transcendent. You won't learn that about the hypostatic union of Christ. You'll never learn about uh, the great doctrines of grace. No, we've got to have great thoughts to live for God. And you can't get great thoughts anywhere but from a great revelation of God, His Word. I'm driven to it to get beyond all the riffraff of people, talking about their jobs, talking about their kids, talking about their calluses, talking about their hair. Talking, you know, wait, wait, is there anything for my mind to feed on in the midnight hour? The mind of a believer he minds things of the Spirit. And the things of the Spirit are the words of the Spirit. I don't need dreams of Revelation. I've got 66 chapters of Revelation. I've got to meditate on this. He meditates on the law of the Lord both day and night. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The mindset of the believer is not on the carrion garbage can of this world's issues. It feeds on a higher realm. It feeds on manna from another land. And if you don't know God, I'm talking in an unknown language, but it's true. We feed on different thoughts. Our thinking is on things above where Christ is our life and we're seated with him. That's the normal Christian life. The bitter Christian has fallen into the sin of wanting to get even with somebody. The, uh, the out-of-sorts Christian is always mad at somebody. Somebody, somebody, somebody. Because they're not jumping up to the vertical view. How would God have me relate? So there is a man and a woman whose mind sets on the things of the Spirit. And notice the results. It results in life and peace. The mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. That's what this Christian life is meant to produce in you. Life and peace. Uh, and don't you know when your mind is set there that uh, you're enjoying eternal life, you're enjoying the life-giving spirit. You see, he's called the living God in contrast to all the dead gods. If you're serving a dead God, it's no wonder you're not getting out of your problems. We serve the living God. The contrast to all other religions is every other religion, their God is dead. How do you think he could help you? Our God is alive. And he brings peace to his people. Peace. The end of the war with God, and they're at the end of the war with people. If you're still at warring with people, you don't have your mind on the Spirit. The Spirit doesn't make you contentious and hard to get along with. That's your genes called the sin nature. If you're hard to get along with, you need to get over it and start acting like Christ. 
People didn't run out of the room when Jesus came in. The children ran to him, and the disciples, they said, get the kids out of here. We don't need the kids hanging out with the Messiah. This is important stuff. He's on a kingdom mission. He said, shut up, Peter. Suffer these children to get to me, for such is the kingdom of God, Matthew 18. I'm on a messianic mission, but I've got time for little kids. When, when will we know that you've got your mind on the Spirit? When it affects your disposition. When you start taking on a relational touch. Some of you are obnoxiously Christian. And you're the worst advertisement this church has. Because until the love of God busts out, and joy, and peace, and life, and the fruit of the Spirit, who'd want your Christianity? Hello? Do you want it? Do you want a Christianity that gives everybody a judo chop that doesn't agree with you? That's why it's a miserable thing to marry a Christian man that's always right. Miserable. The fruit of the Spirit isn't an issue of always being right. It's just an issue of looking like Jesus. And acting like Jesus. Have you ever been with someone that was right, but they were still wrong? Have you ever had someone win the argument, but they still were wrong in spirit? I've met many of them. I've pastored many of them. Nothing like Jesus. Nothing like Jesus. The goal of the church to them is to win an argument, not to love anybody. That is ab aberrant Christianity. It is not even Christianity. It is something that is condemned. Let me ask you some questions. Where does guilt and shame for sin find its remedy for the believer? If you're a person struggling with guilt and shame, where would you find the remedy for that? Where... I'll see people, I'm struggling with guilt. I feel ashamed. Can you, can you send me somewhere? Uh, could you send me? What about the gospel? Wouldn't the gospel be enough for guilt and shame? Okay, well, I, I'm guilty. Uh, I, I've been out of line sexually. I've been out of line. Uh, I was a thief. Uh, I've been out of line uh, in marriage. Uh, I've been out of line. Otherwise, you've sinned. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, but I feel guilt about it. Okay. Uh, what could you send me? Have you heard of the cross work of Christ? Uh, are you aware of the fact that God put all of your guilt on him? And guilt biblically means you're liable to penalty. And people who live with guilt are expecting penalty. But God transferred penalty to his son so that you could come to a place where you live free of guilt before God. Have you ever heard of that? No, what is that? It's the gospel. It, it's the doctrine of you're justified before God by faith. That means you're accepted before God on the basis of another. And your own behavior hasn't earned you the status 
but the behavior of God the Son won you the status and don't be beat off. Just trust God and believe him for it and guilt can fall off of you like a ton of bricks. I think of my own conversion. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like that one kid from crime to Christ by the age of eight. But uh, I was saved at 14. I hadn't been alive long enough to do too much damage. But it is an amazing thing. It's a very emotional thing to me. When I was saved, the night I put faith in Christ, it was as though a ton of bricks rolled off of me. I, I wept for an hour because I, I couldn't uh, get over that just by coming, just by receiving Christ, that he would forgive me and, and that everything would be canceled. Now, I was worried that I might sin tomorrow, but that, I was just, I didn't know that part. But that night, everything rolled off of me. My sins rolled off. And any of you that are born again, you can know the rush of that initial trust. When sins weight, sins accusation, sins power, sins change, it just seemed like, boom, it fell off. And I walked from my dungeon free. I know when that happened. I know. You don't know you weren't there. I was. I thought I was the meanest person in Richmond that night. And before I left, I felt as clean, as light as a newborn baby. Because sin's condemnation had rolled off of me. That's why we keep wanting to tell people the good news. We want to see their face when that relief comes on them. When my sins are forgiven. The, the law is no longer looking me up to write me up. There's no warrant out there for my arrest. All penalties have been paid for. I send people to the gospel. I have no other place to get rid of their guilt. Just placebos. Just say, well, it wasn't your fault. It was your mother's fault. It was somebody else's fault. You shouldn't have ever had this. Yeah, let's find some people to blame. No, I did do the crime. And I think I must do the time. Well, let me tell you the good news. You did do the crime, but you don't have to do the time. There's another who did the time. And it only took six hours. Second thing. What works of the flesh are greater in power than that of the Spirit? What works of the flesh, what sins are greater than the power of the Spirit? What works of the flesh are greater in power than the indwelling Spirit? Does anyone have any? You want to, we can have a question and answer here. Which one? I can't hear it. None. Oh. What, anybody agree? He said none. What did you say? The ones you dwell on? Is the Christian life painted as saved but miserably still under the power of sin? 
I'm saved, but I'm still habitually in the power of this sin. Is that the Christian view? Now, what we've done, we've done this. We've developed a two-stage and two kinds of Christian so we can accommodate, because we know some believers who said, man, they sin all the time, and they must be the carnal crowd. Paul never used that category there. He didn't. Sorry, just didn't. He just said, you're unsaved, saved. The saved have the power that's greater than anything the sin nature can cough up. And he said it in Romans 6, he who's joined to Christ is freed from sin. When, when does that freedom take place? Right now. Doesn't mean we can't sin, but he says we sure can't be habitually in sin. He, and uh, if we would just focus, you know what? Don't you like it being a Christian for a long time? That you're not sinless, but you do sin less than when you started. How many sin less? Please don't say you sin more. And one thing, as you get old and maimed, there's some sins you can't do. So that's wonderful. We'll just maim you and give God the credit. Say, man, I was so bad. I was, I, I, I was just beat the guy up, but I'm so old and decrepit, I've got victory over my anger. No, you're just old. Thank God you're out of commission. No, there's no sin biblically. No sin biblically. We'll do this thing like with young people. Oh, you know, it's such an immoral day. And uh, none of our young people would ever be able to overcome the moral struggles. And man, you know, things have changed and, and this and that. Yeah. You know what? Richmond had discovered immorality really good by the time I was in high school. They were good at it. And the only power big enough to control teenage hormones when I was a teenager was a power greater than the hormones. It was called the Holy Spirit. I'm so tired of people acting like the power he gave is incapable. Now, you've got the Spirit. You're responsible to put your mind on the things of the Spirit, and that's the natural thing to do. But there is no sin we'll ever face on this human race. And believe me, sin has multiplied and we're in perilous times. I'm aware of that. But we must say in the gospel, there is a power greater than the strongest sin that ever had a hold on you. That's the good news. And if you were really a responsive people, but don't do it, you'd be hypocritical right now because you don't feel it. You're still wanting more coffee. Uh, you'd be jumping out of your skin. For me to tell this at the rescue mission to a guy that's been a lifelong drunk, lifelong hung out on drugs, and I preached this, and he believed it was really the truth that no addictive behavior you've ever had can have any more power over you today if you come to Christ. See, but the church doesn't believe it anymore. We've been so psychologized, whatever that is, that, no, no, it takes God plus a bunch of stuff. No, God majors in delivering from sin. If it's sin, God delivers. If it's a brain tumor, get a good surgeon. Thirdly, uh, well, let's see, I don't know. Uh, let me just, uh, 
Well, I, this is, I hope you get the sarcasm of this last question. Does God rescue us or recommend we see someone else when we're struggling with sin? Does God rescue or does he recommend? Thank you. Thank you. Well, you've come to God with your sins. Well, man, you, you better go see someone else. I, don't, I can't handle this area. It's sinful. You, you sure don't think Freud could handle it, do you? As weird as he was. You sure don't think uh, Camus, who committed suicide. You don't think Jean Paul Sartre can do it, an existentialist that committed suicide. You don't think the LSD culture's got an answer. There's nobody in this world that's got an answer. That's why the church is this albatross in the culture. We keep screaming, we got the answers you don't want, but it's the only answer that will ultimately work, the gospel, Christ. And instead of us applauding us, they hate us because it doesn't include their system. It includes the shameful cross. And the Greeks stumble at the cross and the Jews are outraged at such a Messiah. But we preach Christ crucified, the only one that can set both Jew and Gentile free. Well, the way the Christian life is to be lived is you're to put your faith in Christ, become a Christian, and someone reads your Romans 8, says, by the way, leave here. You won't only be free from condemnation today, but for the rest of your life, you'll never be in court with God. He'll take you to the woodshed, but he won't take you to court. Won't take you to court, but we may have to go to the woodshed. I've been trying to get this lesson into your life. But that's love and spanking. That's not judgment. You think it's judgment if it was my dad, but it's not. You'll never be in court. Two, you've got all the power that one could ever have to deal with sin. And he says, it defeats the law of sin and death. Now, if you folks who say you believe the Bible, why don't you believe it? And quit making excuses for how you're living. He said the Spirit defeats the law of sin and death. Quit copping out and using your carnal language. Start believing the Bible. Every sin. All sin. Quit saying I got to sin a little bit every day just to stay in practice. You sinned enough for a lifetime. Why don't you cut it out? Why don't you decide I'm going to be free? I'm going to be free. I've got the spirit that makes me free. For the Trinity rescued me. The Father came to my rescue by sending the Son who sent the Spirit. All three members of the Godhead got involved in saving you. Isn't that enough? And God forbid you're still hostile to God and that you cannot obey the things of God. That is a lie. I can obey, for I am a part of the obedience people of God. I obey God willingly and empowered by His Spirit. This is how God intended us to teach the Christian life and to live. It works. I use the unfair argument on you. It's worked 45 years for me. I didn't get saved yesterday. 
I say before half of you were born. I know it works. It works over teenage sexual urges. It works over the drug culture. It works when people hate you. It works when people want to beat you up on campus because you're bearing witness for Christ. It works in every environment. It works. The Christian life is the project of God to manifest his power in people who are saved out of sin. It's his power. It's not our virtue. So since it is his power, it's the birthright of every one of you that are Christians. Cash in on it. It's yours. And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855-833-9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. Or, again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.